I'm Andrew Rice. I'm Luke Summerhays. And I'm James J. Moyles. And you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we are continuing our tour of the Monster Hunter Rise world. And we move on to the Sandy Plains. They played the monster match. The monster match. It was a graveyard smash. They played the match. It got on in a flash. They played the match. They played the. A desolate wasteland filled with aggressive monsters that hunger for flesh and blood. During the day, the sun beats down on the plains mercilessly, but at night, it's lit up by the cool moonlight. A lifeless stretch of land, nothing but dust and sand. Barren and forlorn, lifeless and storm-torn. In the shadows, monsters thresh, mad with lust for blood and flesh. This is a remade map from an older game. Yeah, it's it's it, it's very similar to the one in Try. At least, like I think I think it sort of attempted to stitch together that somewhat reimagined a little bit. Like it's not, I wouldn't say it's it, it's as much of a remake as say Flooded Forest, but mm-hmm. yeah, it certainly does take a lot of the elements of it. There are parts of it where it's like, oh, okay, I guess this was the section on the old map that was like this, but. Yeah, like the, the, when you're first climbing down and you've got the Renoplots by the tree, like that's very, mm. very much like the first desert area. But yeah, I, I think the the more you go out, the more it feels like its own thing. But then ultimately it is just like pretty much all Monster Hunter's desert areas are the same. Well, there is that. There's a rocky <laughs> bit with a cliff, there's a flat bit with sand, there's an oasis. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> like, without having the kind of, I suppose, slight nostalgia kick of seeing these elements from the tri-map like, like, like Luke was saying this just felt like another monster in our desert like it didn't feel like anything special to me in that regard to this area the, um, I do really like the oasis it's got nice reflections and stuff mm. but other than that I mean it looks good, it does look pretty good on the Switch I guess this is a kind of like desert-y textures are something that Capcom are pretty good at doing at this point You've got like, I suppose if it does feel like a best of desert map in a lot of ways, like you were saying, because it's got like the big, kind of sweeping sand dunes that comprise some of the older desert maps, like in the back of the map, right? Yeah. Um, you've got the kind of like underground cavey bit if you go down in the map, which is yeah a little bit like um, Wildspire Wastes, I suppose if you look at it that way from World. Mm. Um. I mean, to be yeah. fair, they did have that cave, I think, originally. So, yeah. Oh, did they? Uh, okay, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anything, Will's probably Definitely, I think, the location. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Where you get your eggs or whatever. It's At first, this map feels really flat. And then you accidentally drop down and you realise there's actually loads of verticality to it. I would disagree with that. I think the verticality is, is kind of shoving your face right from the get-go. I guess you start at that high point, yeah. Yeah, because you've got it's that just, kind of like yeah. curving path and you can, well, I think you're actually always encouraged to drop down because there's not like spirit bugs, like a little... Yeah, there are. There's like a little string off. of them. 
I'm just thinking yeah. in terms of where most of the action happens, it's in the same I two guess. or three quite flat parts. I guess, because a lot of monsters will often start at the back of the map on that kind of sandy dunes mm. area, right? Um, and they more or less go between the two sand areas and then limp to the oasis occasionally. Mm-hmm. But then sometimes they will go down and have a scrap downstairs. I feel like it's designed for you to muck around platforming for five minutes, getting all your bugs and stuff. Then you just go to the sand for the actual fighting. Yeah. I, mean, I think a lot of maps in this game will have that overall sort of design ethos behind it, right? Where you're going to have a little course to follow. You're going to find your own sort of route. It's the best route to pick up the spare bugs. And then you want to jump into the action. Now, am I a freak for thinking this? Or does yes. removing cold drinks take away some of the atmosphere of being in a hot desert? Um, I, I can understand it. Like, it, it, it does make it just like being anywhere else, right? Like, it does take away the environmental impact a little bit. Um, I'm thinking also it, that maybe... It, it's, did some of the it's, like, it's like the whetstone thing, right? A... It, it's a minor... It's a minor... Um, fix like you don't have to worry about all the irritating nonsense like it's the classic arc of this game in that the the more they give these little fixes the sort of less personality it almost has to some degree but it you know you don't really miss it that much overall yeah but that's it you don't miss i would argue that you don't miss you do miss it overall but you don't miss each individual thing like, each individual little change, I look at it and I think, yeah, that makes sense. But then yep. when I think about the whole game, I just remember being so much more immersed in, like, 4 and Double Cross. Yeah, absolutely. I can agree with that. Like, you do feel like, okay, I'm going to be doing a hunt in this particular area, so I'm going to need to bring X item, you know, hot drink, cool drink. Um, I'm going to bring antidotes or something like that because it's a poison swamp or... Something like that, just to kind of um, prepare for the hunt a bit more. Uh, mm. and in that sense, you felt like more of a more of a hunter in that regard, and less of a just a madman warrior who's been like charged to kill this this monster. Um, like you felt. Now, of course, you, you could always look at it that maybe you just end up bringing the same stuff everywhere, so maybe it didn't actually make that much difference. <laughs> maybe that's I the guess, reason to fix it. But. Yeah, because you would always end up having a set that has hot, hot and cool drinks in it there. So I guess, yeah, like that preparedness element kind of does lose its charm well, later in the game. Then you could maybe even say that game. just having preset preset loadouts was one of these little. Quality of life. Oh, of course, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get back to the old one hundred one style. <laughs> um, to go back specifically to the sandy plains, it helped make a bigger difference between the sandy bit and the shaded part, right? Um, what? It, when you're in uh, most of the desert maps, when you're in like the rocky parts where there's shade, it doesn't have the heat effect. Oh, okay. and then when you step out into the desert, so it made the desert part really feel like, oh, I'm out in the desert. And I think they would put a nice, like, heat haze effect and stuff. Well, I think also it had the nice effect of the night-day cycle as well with the, the desert yes, versus yes, the yeah. volcano or whatever. Yeah, with the volcano, it's hot all the time. I've totally forgotten if this was the thing in nighttime desert maps before, but did you have to bring, like, hot drinks? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. hot drinks at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, that's a cool element, right? Like, that's, that's something that you do miss by not having a, a day-night cycle. 
Well, yeah. you've still got to DNA cycle, don't you? Yeah, oh, it's just that because there's, they don't make much of a difference. Yeah, sorry, not the, 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 the hot drinks, yeah. Not, no. <laughs> yeah, the hot drinks, yeah, yeah. 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 I think this is one of the maps I picked up least of those little sword, lore swords as well. I went into the game to take a screenshot just now and found one that I hadn't seen before. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Did you get some good lore? I didn't read it. <laughs> oh, what? Andy came online right after I found it. <laughs> of course, it would be Andy's fault he didn't read the lore. <laughs> it's normally my fault, isn't it? Andy goes out of his way to make sure no one reads any lore ever. <laughs> <laughs> Right, should we get into some of the small monsters that one can encounter in the Sandy Plains? Let's do it. Let's go for it. Okay. Delex. Carnivorous desert monsters that travel in schools of four or five. Delex often follow large predators in the hope of scavenging leftovers. They are extremely sensitive to sound. I always forget these guys are in the game. Really? Uh, yeah. I, maybe I just remember them as a sort of source of monster guts, but yeah, like, they've stuck with me for whatever reason. There are a couple of armor sets that needed Delex parts in this game, and yep. they swim around so fast and they're so small, it's actually a pain in the butt killing enough of them. Was that where you're not meant to bring like screamer pods? Probably, but that sounds like something I would well, not do. Some sort of nerd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we just had a whole segment about being prepared for the <laughs> No, but what me and Andy miss is getting to the area and realising we weren't prepared. <laughs> <laughs> it's very unusual nostalgia, but it's real. I miss just feeling inadequate, you know? <laughs> um, see, uh, uh, the, the Deleks, I always kind of just wish, like, Cephalos was back instead, and then by extension, Big Heat. Mm. Like, I felt... I don't feel these guys have as much personality as the Cephalos. Well, they are literally just Cephalos. fish that go in the sand. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, aside from anything else, really dumb. Like, <laughs> fish don't do that. Well, no, no, fish don't, no, because I wouldn't be able to breathe. <laughs> like, no animal can swim through sand like it's the sea. <laughs> Unless you're a tiny, well, tiny snakes. little worm. Yeah, but they don't swim and jump out the top and stuff like that. They slowly slither along. Yeah, that's because they're lazy. That's not to say that they can't. You think, you think, think a snake could do enough. a gnarly jump if it put its effort in? Absolutely. Look at them. They are the laziest pricks in the animal kingdom. What, what about sloth? Well, okay, obviously then. But um, they've, they've made it a brand. Like, snakes <laughs> haven't. <laughs> Selling laziness merch. I'm like... <laughs> I mean, you, you joke, but basically people do buy sloth merch with the message about laziness. So. I, don't like the, I don't like the sloths are seeing any of that money. Well, that's that's just a poor um, poor merchandising deal. That's that's their fault. I mean, the snakes... The snakes <laughs> too, too lazy to negotiate. Snakes famously have got the sloths beaten in terms of craftiness. It's true. Never heard of any and sloths in the Garden of Eden. They've, uh, you know, Calorie Mate made a good deal with them. Rebound as well. What? Is that a thing? Is there a Ray-Ban snake thing? 
Yeah, like, do they not have what's more hit, like the bit where Hideo Kojima comes out and like it zooms He's in? He's talking right about the Snake as in Snake from Metal Gear. Oh, okay. I was also briefly confused. I knew he was talking about Metal Gear, but you actually can eat snakes in that game. That's true. <laughs> so I, I didn't quite understand the angle he was going for. I realised he was literally just talking about Naked Snake. Yes. Disappointing. Jaggy. Highly social, carnivorous bird wyverns that live in large packs. Young Jaggy males hunt in groups when attacking larger animals. Research suggests they operate under orders from a single alpha male. Although you won't see him in this game. Yeah. I'm a little surprised <laughs> they throw in the little reference there. Just to rub it in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you say rub it in. It's not like anyone's really that desperate for, uh, oh, for great Jaggy to not in this game. I'm fucking not buying this. <laughs> I, I probably would get a small little nostalgia kick out of seeing him, but yeah. We would hunt him Emphasis once. on the small. Yeah. <laughs> and move on with our lives. What I would love to see would be like an actual turf war between all those equivalent first game monsters in one arena. It's a great dragon. So to confirm game what you're after is some sort of... Yeah, then I assume you also want a large sword to hack through them as massive hordes. And then this is just going to be Dynasty Warriors X-Monster Hunter, right? That's, that's oh, where this is going. I fucking love that game. <laughs> Jack that into me, please. I probably would get a real <laughs> kick out of that game. It'll happen. Look, they just need to work their way through every IP possible. <laughs> so, to be fair, I haven't actually heard from them in a while. They've only done Samurai Warriors, haven't they, recently? So, Jaggy must be like one of the small monsters that appear in the most games by now, right? It only came in in the third gen. But then yes. we have since it arrived, we haven't really seen the drones outside of generations. So maybe. Yeah. Were they in world, Jaggy? No, I don't think they were. Female Jaggy that stay in packs. Jaggy are generally live near the nest and are responsible for defending it and raising young. Smaller than mature males, but larger and tougher than the pack's countless young males. They also operate under orders from the Alpha. What to the young females then? Uh, they just, they they just grow to Jaggy size, size and don't grow any further. No, I was just thinking, like, what, does that mean that there is a jaggy-sized female anywhere out there, or, or maybe you can't, maybe you can't somewhere. tell the difference when they're that small. But they said that specifically they're, they're the young males, so oh. maybe they just hide them somewhere off screen. Maybe they just mm. grow really quick. secretly a a jagger. Jagger. Um, I don't remember seeing them in this game. <laughs> Do you know that? <laughs> I can remember. I can remember seeing the jaggy. I don't remember seeing the Jaguar. I feel I definitely feel like I've seen apart, one, right? but, but it's not like I was paying attention either way. Obviously. Apparently, they they all of both Jaggy and Jaguar just give Jaggy materials, so you might have just not even yeah. noticed that you were killing a different is, monster. Is that not always the case? <laughs> Probably. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure there was Jaguar specific materials, at least in the originals. But oh, there are Jaguar weapons and stuff, but the material just has the same name. Anyway, bigger, got floppy ears. Yep, that is pretty much it, isn't it? Yeah, I think it adds a bit of visual visual kind of distinction when you see the pack of them like roaming about. But beyond that, like, there's not a lot to them, right? Like, nothing too special. 
Your biological and cultural distinctiveness will be added to ours. Resistance is futile. Is this the Borg? Yeah. (laughs) That will really capture the Star Trek audience this week. Castodon. Female Castodon will alert the pack of danger, while the males will violently charge would-be threats. Their rushing charges can be blocked, however, leaving them open to attacks. Males are blessed with a stronger physique, and they can easily be told apart from the females by their colouring and head shape. It is interesting that we get a male-female distinction for Jaggy and Jagia, but there isn't actually a naming distinction with the Kessadon, even though they do make a distinction between them and how they act. Is it just that back when they were creating the Jaggy and Jagia, creating two separate models was such a big deal? Whereas, like, feature bloke means that no one cares that you've got two slightly different Castadons in these days. Maybe. But it was the same time that they were created, right? Yeah, I thought Castadon was from World. Castadon is from World, yeah. Am I confusing Castadon with something else? You're probably thinking of... Yeah, Castadon's like, it stands up like a dinosaur and it rams you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. You're probably thinking of, like, like Renoblos. Um... Yeah, 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 I think it was. It looks like a... No, 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 there's another, there's another, I think it's like Ankylosaurus. Ankylosaur, yeah. Yeah, that looks it nothing, looks like... That's that one's four-legged as well. Yeah. And has the swingy tail. This guy looks yeah, yeah, like, no, um, uh, yeah. Looks like the Pokemon that the first gym leader has in Diamond and Pearl. You know oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramparados. There we go. Yeah, looks like this lad, but... Um... I'm quite fond of Kestadon. I think um, World's small monsters that they introduced were pretty much winners, one and all. An er early World, Kestadon could actually knock you down and be a pain in the butt to kill. They were kind of that game's um, Bufango in some ways, right? Yeah. Like, if you fought too close to them, um, well, scrap of a big lad, inadvertently you could get knocked over by them. Well, really also, I think, I think early on there was like, before you got your first big monster, there was like a kill five Kestodon or something. And I remember they, I think I bounced off their head and stuff and it took me, you know, more than zero time to finish them off. Mm, mm. <laughs> I actually failed the quest. I fainted thrice to them. I don't believe that. <laughs> I said it because I preempted one of you suggesting that happened. If, he, if Andy had said that, I would have believed it, but not you. Wow, thank you. Thanks. I don't know if that's deserved, but cheers. <laughs> Andy, you have fainted on a loss of drone quest before. Uh, probably because I put the pad down or something. No, well, I think or there's an audio clip we need the... to play here. <laughs> if I can fish out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck off. Fucking... Fucking bolt and sight! <laughs> what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I didn't realize how much I swear that boss swore at bosses until the uh, leak just pointed out. Leave me alone, mate, I'm healing up. Right? You fucking mind, you absolute twat. You are a fucking cunt. I hate this guy. Let's get into that endemic life. Brew here. This round rabbit may appear cute and fluffy, 
but his furry coat is actually made of mould. By allowing bacteria to grow on it, it gains an increased amount of nutrition from its food. Simply keeping this rabbit on their person can ferment the hunter's food for added nutritional value. As they are clever creatures, they usually escape their captors after a period of time. That it's is disgusting. Yeah. It's like a, a mouldy <laughs> goblin that comes into your house and turns all of your jam into marmite. <laughs> yeah, I'm not into that. <laughs> That's horrible. That's brilliant. <laughs> I had no idea. That's great. <laughs> a disgusting little creature. <laughs> Bring some meat around. You've got like a little furry coat and mm, more nutritious value. <laughs> That's minging. <laughs> you know, you're trying to um, eat some waffles for breakfast and you've got blue waffles. Google it, listeners. <laughs> Don't. Do we have to? Look, look, I'm looking at, like, the most high-res, zoomed-in render I can get. It does just look like blood. <laughs> I thought you meant a blue waffle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how did you not? <laughs> Yeah, just just for funsies, I'm gonna check. I'm men of a brew. I know, I realise. <laughs> I wondered if it would be the case that, like, when I look close to you, I'm like, oh yeah, it does look like mold, but no, it just looks like a fluffy rabbit. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, there was no indication that these creatures were such horrifying beasts until we read the lore. Um, they are useful, like, very useful, because like it. You know, makes your potions, I think, better, I believe. I don't know if I had one of these. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, I think that's how, how it works. But um, I've got to think twice about picking one up now. now I know what <laughs> the horrifying it, it enhances the effects of certain items when you use. I don't think it makes like a potion into a mega potion. Or anything like no, it's just it's does. like having the... Um, I think there's an armor skill as well. It just means your food gives you a bit more oomph. Yeah, it's like getting that temporarily right, but at the cost of of knowing your hunter's ingesting mould-covered... Look, yeah. it's just a bit of yeast or something, isn't it? We've all enjoyed some blue cheese. Yeah. Won't do them any harm. Right, pizza crab. A hermit crab native to the Sandy Plains. It sticks to cliffs in small groups, or gryops, as it says and eats plants and smaller creatures there, dirt and all. The consumed dirt accumulates in the shell and is excreted when it's large enough. Ibuff. Um, when attacked, this the group goes into high alert, shooting lumps of, of earth at their attacker. Fucking hell, that was a poorly written description. Large ibuff. What the fuck's that? Ron Burgundy striking again here. <laughs> Has to be everything he says. Or say everything he reads. <laughs> You what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember these guys at all. I'm not even getting linked to the right page. No, yeah, you have to actually type it into the URL, otherwise it takes you to Echo. Yeah, they've got the reason. wrong URL. An, another fail of the Monster Hunter wiki. Um, but I missed the old wiki. At least, at least that was better maintained. I think it does exist, and I've just linked it to the wrong one like a fool. Yeah. I don't. What, what do they? What do they do? Like I just, I just, um, they excrete dirt. Yeah, but what? What? What is the impact? Like, what do they shoots do? lumps of earth at the attacker. Yeah, like 
Does it just do damage? Is that it? I guess it just slows them down a little bit, maybe? But yeah, like, this is it. Like, I Probably damage, I genuinely can't remember ever picking these guys up. I don't think I've ever used one, and I can't imagine I'm going to go out of my way to do so. Like, from the, like, like the kind of little snow fire beetles that we were on about last time, like, you know, they actually do have quite a tangible effect on the monster. Whereas, yeah. these guys, who knows, maybe they're the most bloody useful endemic life in the game, but I genuinely cannot remember ever using them. Tweet at Andrew oh, Rice if pincer crabs are meta. <laughs> I'm looking at here, apparently they're only in the sandy plains as well, which kind of maybe explains how I don't really remember them that much. Anyway, right, so it sounds like it's the area you've explored the least. So, most yeah. of the other. Poison uh, Toad! I was going to say, most of the other endemic life at least turn up in multiple areas. So, uh, mm. a bit more memorable. Sorry. Poison Toad, a large toad with a distinct purple body. It stores a poisonous gas that, when emitted, is powerful enough, powerful enough to instantly poison anything it comes in contact with. Even large monsters. When we spoke about the toad that we spoke about in the um, Shrine Ruins, um, I can't remember what I said and what answer I got, but you can pick these guys up, right? You can pick them up, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you weren't able to in World. Yeah, that was the whole point we made last time. Um, yeah, I can. There are definitely times where picking up one of these has been handy, right? Yeah, but... Okay. Extra damage on the monsters never going to go down. Um, go down, go be unappreciated. Yep. You know. <clears throat> but it doesn't make it exciting either. <laughs> no. 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 Let's move on. I think we got all of our toad chat out last time. Yeah. <laughs> Reggie Trice, a rare windrake of the sandy plains, it usually nests in caves and will occasionally emerge to bask in the sun, improving its metabolism. On its head is a comb that looks like a winged crown, or cape, which combined with its glittering scales and languid form, gives it something of a regal air. This will be like the rare small monster, rare endemic life in this area, I guess? Yeah. Um, cause I, Again, I don't think I've seen one in game. I definitely haven't. I was like, what the fuck is this when I... Written in the list. Yeah, and that's one of those photo op things, right? And that's literally the point of it. So. Yeah. Well, when I looked We're up the uh, the fox thing, I was quite pleasantly surprised with how cool it looked. Um, Vegetrice, I guess it looks like a sort of chicken dragon. It's kind of cool. It's not blowing my mind like the uh, the fox did. <laughs> it looks like a penguin in the, in the art. I don't know how it actually looks in-game, but I'm just looking at the art right now. And it looks like... Um, Again, going back to the Pokemon chat, it's something like Empoleon or something like that. No, it's it, it's more... It's got big wings and that. It is like a little oh, okay. drake just with a big yellow Goku hair and a beard. Eskirgo, a large snail with a green shell. It stores fluids with healing properties in its body, consuming them when food is scarce. When attacked, it emits a type of mist from its shell to blind its attacker. Immune to the mist blinding effects, they are often used by hunters out in the field as a means to heal. It's a little portable um, healing spring from you used to get in World, right? Yep. Yep. Very good time. 
Can't complain about a Nisqy guys yep. present. Like these guys. Yeah, I like these little guys. Very useful. Again, another good name. I like the name. Yeah, great fun there. Yeah. Um. So, is it specifically hunters that are immune? Are all humans immune? This raises more law questions sure than it answers. Humans, <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, because I've always wondered if hunters are like witches, where they've had to have some process done to them, because they can jump off like mountains and stuff. <laughs> I think they're just trained. But in, in the film, she just she just had a couple of days training with the sword, and she could kill a monster. So. Yeah, it's not. I think it's just training. Like, you know, kind of like maybe everyone in the world doesn't have the potential to be a hunter, but those mm. that have the kind of innate skills and train them up and become. Oh, I had a fan theory. What's your theory? It's that um, the humans in the monster hunter world are actually like Pikmin sized. So the reason what? they can like jump off incredible heights and lift incredibly sized things. It's because actually they're only operating at, like, insect scale. And so the the wyverns and stuff are actually just, like, the size of birds. Okay. <laughs> I feel that there'd be other clues to the size of the But if everything in the world was at that scale, there wouldn't be, right? Well, then they're not Pikmin's size. <laughs> they are. I'm going to tell you right now. Just because... I fucking hate this theory. Pikmin are very much small <laughs> things in a big world. Right, but if they were... Okay, they're Olimar-sized. You happy? No, but... But he's still small. No, but he's not on his planet. <laughs> right. But on his planet, he probably could only fall the same distance. No, that's not how it works. <laughs> Ants on well, our it planet It'd be a different fall. gravity, wouldn't it? But on our planet, there are small things, and they can fall really far. Yeah, but they exist in a big world. Where's all the big things in this world if this is big world? Oh, this is just a world that happens to not have big things, is my suggestion. (laughs) But has the same gravity or whatever as a normal world? Yeah. Fuck off. Bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Next. (laughs) Okay. I stand corrected. (laughs) Fire beetle. A tiny beetle that pushes around a lava rock with its hind legs. The lava rock it pushes has fire properties, and throwing it at a target will inflict it with fire blight. The lava rocks may feel warm to hold, but hold them too long and you may get burned. They made this point about the the thunder beetle last time, that if you held it too long you'd get shocked. But that's not a mechanic, right? Like, that isn't something that happens. Yeah, I don't... Can you, like, cook it like a grenade? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. No, because it doesn't wait until it explodes either, does it? It just yeah. explodes, right? Yeah, so. like, it's like you can hold it in your pouch for the whole hunt if you wanted to. Like, there's Maybe anything. it cooks your meat or something. That would be a fun little twist. But I've never had anything self-destruct when it's in my inventory, yeah. and I would definitely pick it up and never use it. So, Also, right, when rock is liquid, it's lava... And when it's solid, it's rock. So lava rock is just an igneous rock. It's still just a rock. See, I don't mind this as much as I did the Thunder Beetle. It's more effort than just saying no one knows why it's electric. (laughs) Yeah. A lava rock makes slightly more sense. (laughs) Like, sure, I guess I'll give it to them. Bizarre thunder-infused dirt, but... (laughs) 
<laughs> orange spirit bird. A small bird that glows a faint orange. The glow that comes from pollen that accumulates in its body while drinking. This glow comes from pollen that accumulates in its body while drinking nectar. Many mistake this glow for a human soul, hence the name. Petalus has become when imbued with this pollen. Yeah, same probably same end of description for all of them, right? Yes. It's like it's like the armor charm, isn't it? Uh yeah, kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well or as in orange equals defence, that's yeah, what well, I mean. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um again, yeah, nothing really to say on this guy. He's not one that we go out or way to pick up. Um, he is one that um, Camellios can steal, though, right? Yeah, I think so. I think he steals your your defense and your attack. Yeah, but I haven't noticed him feel it stealing my health or stamina. No, that would be particularly cruel. Yeah, really? Okay. Yeah, that would be spicy, though. Uh, yeah, maybe G rank. Who knows? Gus crab, a terrestrial crab with mushrooms on its body. When attacked, it rustles its shell, causing the mushrooms to expel spores, which it uses for protection. It also feeds on insects that are attracted to fungi, forming a mutually beneficial relationship. The eyeball-like mushroom on its back is extremely bitter and not suitable for consumption. Have I ever used one of these? I don't remember this guy either. I can't picture it. I think we've used them for jokes. I don't think we've ever used them seriously. (laughs) Yeah, you you can just sort of blast someone back with it, can't you? Jump up! I can't remember I exactly what it is, but yeah, I've, I've seen it used for jokes, never for serious. I don't even remember you playing this funny joke on me, Andy? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. I've just seen it used for jokes. Obviously, I'm too lazy to to make the joke. I guess this is to make up for the fact that you can't smack someone into the next area with your weapon anymore. God, oh, I missed doing that so much. I've still got saved the clip when we were all waiting outside the area because the monster was going to sleep. So I smacked you into the monster's area. <laughs> I think it was you, yeah. Brilliant. Good times. Who had gold spirit bug last time? Uh, I think it was you, Jay. Yeah. This one seems to be different. Though. Gilded spirit bug. A gold beetle related to golden spirit bugs. The sound of its wings flapping has a relaxing effect. What's the difference? They forgot that sentence in there twice. Its diet mostly consists of the (laughs) tiny insects that feed on the plants that petalaces are made from. Hunters wearing a petalace will attract gilded spirit bugs and often return to their hunts, return from hunts with their petalace covered in them. A dye made from this bug is a famous specialty in Kimura Village. This is like a more valuable gold spirit bug? Yeah, boy, more points! Suck it! Uh, you absolutely okay, must me. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I've andied you. You're the must here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I see now you are the must. <laughs> um, cool, I guess. Like, I <laughs> yep. What we said about the gold one. Tick. Now it's now it's more. Yeah. Or even more next about it. They give you 20 points instead of 10, by the way. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Excellent. 
we continue our world tour of the Monster Hunter Rise areas and move on to Potter Climbs. We're moving in next week to the Lava Caverns, so join us for that one. But until then, look, where can we be found? You can find the podcast on Twitter at Monster Bash Pod. We're also on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Wherever podcasts are found, you can find this podcast by searching Monster Mash Podcast. Make sure you rate and review, tell all your friends, like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. And uh, keep your ears out and your eyes open. There may be some uh, extra episodes coming into your feed as we go into the Christmas period. And we're trying, you know, to get you something every week whilst also, you know, living our lives and stuff. And if you like hearing me and Jay and Andy, and they've both been putting in some guest appearances on my other podcasts. Uh, So if you want to hear the other podcasts I make, and if you want to help support this podcast and keep it online, you can find all of that information and throw us a dollar a month by going to patreon.com slash podcastiopodcastius. Some of us don't even, don't even know where we're getting the podcast until we get roped into it. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I was on your, your Matrix on. With, uh, yep. On that, right? So, yeah. That might be coming out the same week as this episode, actually, the Animatrix. Ah, cool. Oh, no, I think it's out next week. Ah. Not so cool. So as you're listening to this, next week you can hear Jay talk about the Animatrix. There you go. With me and Matt Comages. And uh, what are they tweeting? And in my nine for nine this week. So you might need a friend to come with you and film this one, but you need to go to your local park, whip down your pants and trousers, <laughs> bend over, <laughs> spread your ass cheeks as far apart as you can. Throw some, <laughs> throw some bird seed in there. <laughs> see how many, <laughs> see how many pigeons you can get <laughs> to crawl up your asshole. <laughs> what? The... What? <laughs> What's the relevance of that? You told me I wasn't outrageous enough last week. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's good that you did your homework. <laughs> and on that, wait, wait, interesting wait, homework? notes. Like, what do you mean? Like, is this what you're into? Or? <laughs> yeah, I've been, look, I've been looking at Andy's thirst account and seeing what his fetishes are. <laughs> he loves seeing pigeons go up people's arse. I just meant he had something prepared because he clearly didn't bring up that off the cuff. <laughs> Anyway, on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of Monster (laughs) Mash. Um, Until the end, it was a pleasure, and uh, I'll catch you next week. See ya. Goodbye.